Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and Dummies, a weekly podcast following four friends as they battle across a homebrewed world called Interiath in Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. Step into our mystical world called Antiriath and follow our party of three dummies as they adventure across the lands. Talit Grug, half-orc, half-mystery, the fighter, played by Taylor. Body Knot Greenleaf, the halfling rogue with a penchant for taking things that don't belong to him, played by Josh, and the ever-mysterious Eclarian Shadow, half-elf ranger from the Eclarian Mountains, played by Seth. And last but not least, the creator of our beautiful world, the man of many voices, and our dungeon master, Sam. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the show. Today's episode is the first episode of book two of our Unstable Evolution campaign. So if you have joined us on this journey to this point, then on behalf of all of us at the show, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And yeah, listen to last week's episode. It's entitled Book One Recap. That'll get you caught up all the way to today. And I guess, yeah, that also goes if you're a new listener. Check that out and you could start right here. So on their way back to the Confluence Guildhall in Biliotok, the party is attacked by an unknown stranger, a mysterious moon elf who carries a speak scroll, body knock sends a message in the speak scroll asking for a reminder on where we were to meet after the job was done. We receive a clue back that's written in Dwarvish and seems to say something with a port and a boar. Upon returning to the guild hall, we spoke with Bushi. He said maybe there is an old bar in Overport called the Drunken Boar. The party also has questions about what they believe to be the source of these strange animal mutations, the orb. The orb was not in the hands of the druid upon their last meeting, but in the hands of some strange ape-man called Dr. Zayas. As many questions as answers are on our party's mind as they begin Book 2 of the Unstable Evolution campaign. So... After all that, that recapping and everything, y'all are back at the guild hall. It's the next morning. We had talked about doing a little bit of downtime stuff while y'all do some guild quests and whatnot. So I, I think the way to do that is, I know Seth and Taylor, y'all had both mentioned some stuff that y'all wanted to do. And so I think we do that stuff and then you know, y'all take a look at the guild board at the end of all that. Yeah. So, who would like to go first with, with their downtime stuff? Shadow? I mean, I just want to go down and check on the port bar. Yeah, you wanted to follow up on that lead from yeah. the... Uh... While wandering about in the southern woods. Yeah. Okay, so let me pull up here. Yeah, so you had got information about the drunken boar. Might fit the description of the two dwarven words, port and boar. It's in the city of Overport. So, 
pulling that stuff up, um, I was looking at the map. It would normally be like a 10-day journey by foot. But if you are going on your horse, it would only be five days. Now, that said, I was digging into the map a little bit more because I had originally just done that looking at the road. But after I looked at it a little bit harder, I think you can actually get there pretty significantly faster than that because the road isn't as direct of a route and so if you're going through your favorite terrain which you can do for most of the trip all but like the last day i think what what does your favorite terrain give you cuts it in half right yeah i think yeah i think it cuts it in half mm -hmm. yeah you could get there in we'll, we'll call it three days plus the one day not in your favorite terrain so I guess it'd be four days still. Okay. So it's a, it's a good little trek. I mean, it's all the way down at the southern tip of the peninsula. Okay. You know, 200, like 240 miles. But since you're not going as Jeez. a profile, it's like 200 miles. Oh, that's what it was. That's why it saved even more time. I was, I was trying to do the math. It's three days because you're cutting it down. You're cutting the distance down and you're going through your favorite train. So it'd be, it'd only take you three days. Mr. Speedy Boy on your speedy horse. Okay. Okay, so yeah, so you want to head on down to Oberport. Uh, like I said, it'll take you about three days to get down there. Once you arrive, Oberport is a big, bustling city. It's well, like I said, a major port city. Uh, there's the main feature of the town is the large docks district. Uh, think like, uh, oh, what's that? Not Seattle. Is it Seattle where the Space Needle is? Yeah. Yeah. They then they've got the the fish. They throw the fish and stuff. That mm, kind of place. Yeah. Real fun place. Just a lot of lot of activity. Obviously, a, a lot of seedy stuff. Vendors and people trying to sell you weird knickknacks and stuff on the side of the streets and whatnot. As you get into town, you start asking around a little bit and you uh, find out pretty quickly where the drunken boar is. And yeah, you want to make your way over there? Yeah, I'd probably set up, you know, cross the street, watch it for a little bit, and then I'd probably. See if I saw anything that resembled the assassin or anyone else that I thought either spoke Dwarven or was Dwarven coming and going. Not very long, you know, an hour. Yeah, if you want to do some some research here in town, then let's make it a skill check, uh, a skill challenge. Okay. And based on how many successes or failures you get, you know, you'll get certain amounts of information you just tell me what you would like to do and try to argue for what skills you want to use uh you know once i'm thinking investigation persuasion deception stealth that sort of yeah, stuff. yeah literally too. just sitting across the street from the bar looking at who walks in and out see if they're a dwarf or not a dwarf okay so just doing perception to start with just based on your role we'll see what you uh are gleaning you know you're sitting across 
we're going to assume that Shadow has a certain number of skills that might be beyond what Seth's skills are. So we'll see what you see. Twelve. Twelve. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Overport, this whole peninsula has a pretty heavy dwarf population. Uh, so you see several dwarves milling about all, all around town. It's probably, I mean, 40% dwarf, if not more, not closer to 50% dwarf in this town. You see a lot of drawers milling in and around the place. You know, you see people going in and out of the place all day long. Uh, you don't see any elves that look like Miss Monlaire. You just don't, you don't see anybody you recognize, really. Okay, so I'll just go into the bar. Alright, so you walk into the bar. What are you doing? You're going to ask around? Just going to get a table in the corner. Okay. And just observe and listen. All right. So you're uh, you're hanging out there. Let's flash over to what's going on with Mr. Taluk at the moment. I recall you had something you wanted to go do, but there was something else I wanted to talk about. Go ahead with what you wanted to talk about. Okay, so the next day you, you're waking up and, you know, putting all your gear on and you found yourself uh, waking up, almost snuggling up to uh, the long sort of pallid light like it's a, a teddy bear. And you, you wake up and you're like, oh, well, this wasn't even next to me when I went to bed, you know, I was sitting on the ground or whatever. And, uh, it's beginning to whisper a little bit louder. It It's not saying as many words like you heard when it was thirsting after blood. It just sounds hoarse. It's just like going... Ah. And you just get this really eerie feeling from it. I, I've just woken up and I'm laying in bed next to it, kind of. Yeah, this is like the... Day one after uh, a shadow left. I think I'll kind of pick it up in my hands and look at it and be like, "What? What did you say? What? 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 Are you saying something?" It just hisses out. Just <sighs> what do you, do you need something? What? What? What is the what, what? What's going on? It says. Thirst. I'm gonna grab it and kind of like put it on the floor and tuck it underneath some cloth and stuff and be kind of just creeped out. Yeah. So, uh, are, are you gonna hang out in the room or, or do you leave? No, I think I walk downstairs. Leave the the sword in the room. I'm gonna walk down. I'm at the guild hall, right? In my, in my room. Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna walk downstairs and uh, see if I can find Bushi. Okay, um, when you get to the top of the stairs, make me a wisdom saving throw. Oh, okay. That is a seven. (laughs) So you get this just knot in your stomach, and as your first foot goes to step down the stairs, you just freeze, and you cannot move any further down the stairs as you just feel like you have to go back okay so i'll start slowly walking 
back towards the room. And you start to feel better the moment you start heading back towards the room. Okay, I'm going to pick the sword up. How do I feel now? You feel this uneasy sense of relief. It's uh, it, it settles that tightness in your stomach, but now you have a unsettled, swirling feeling. Okay, I'm going to take it in its sheath and put it all across my back, sling it over my shoulder, and then head back downstairs and look for Bushi. Okay, so uh, yeah, you find Bushi. It's uh, you know, he's behind the desk checking speak scrolls, and he says, "Ah, oh, good morning to you." Hey, uh, Bushi, you got a minute? Ah, oh, yeah, sure. What you got? I'm just not feeling so hot, and uh, I've got this sword. And I, I pull it off my back and hold it like in my two hands, flat out, my palms up in front of me. Uh, found this thing in a in Fort Red Shield on the 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 mission to the Summerhill you had us go on. And um, lately, it's it's I don't know. I've got some kind of strange connection with it, and it seems to even talk to me. Does that sound crazy? Says so, uh... I mean, I can't say it's the craziest thing I ever heard, but it certainly sounds a little bit crazy. Let me see here. And he kind of, he's hes just kind of looking over it. He's not touching anything. He reaches out to touch the hilt. And as soon as his hand touches the hilt, he kind of pulls back like it's hot. He's like, ah, yeah, seems to be something going on here. We might need somebody a little bit more experienced. Come with me. And uh, we'll, we'll flash back to Shadow in uh, the drunken boar. You know, it's been a couple hours now. You've been watching patrons go in and out, and you haven't seen any anybody that you recognize. Is there any other check that you wanted to try? Yeah, I'm struggling with this one, because... Not trying to do any checks. I'm literally just trying to see, like, just wanted to wa- watch who walked in and out, see if anybody was there's any dwarves. So there's a bunch of dwarves, and I'm sitting there and I'm walk walking for people talking in, you know, harsh tones or whatever, hush yeah, tones. So, so, like I said, this is like a that. seedy place. Um, it's it's a sketchy bar, and so all day long. I mean, you're not just hearing hushed tones, you're hearing outright criminal activity being discussed at regularly. Every third table seems like they're some sort of, you know, ruffian or scoundrel or smuggler or something to that effect. Does he see any moon elf looking people? No, there there's a distinct absence of anyone that looks like Monlier. Actually, make me um, a history check unrelated to the, the skill check on her. 16. 16. So, yeah, especially with your time in the Clarion Mountains, you would know a little bit of history on the Moon Elves. About five years ago, there was a awful famine all throughout the entire world. And during that time, the Moon Elves that lived in the Clarion Mountain range were you know, used to always had peace with the people of Fev, but through the strife and trouble that that famine brought, 
the moon elves were actually all but exterminated by the dwarves of Fev over territorial issues during that famine as the as the dwarves pushed into the mountains and were farming and not farming because it was very hard to farm but as they were harvesting anything they could from the moon elves land it was a very bloody time uh it's been about five years since that time so seeing a moon elf is actually very rare these days okay i'm gonna walk up to the bartender and set one of these wyvern darts and say know where i can get some more of these okay yeah uh make me a like persuasion check 18 okay so he picks it up and he he rolls it back in his finger not unlike the bartender in uh episode two star wars he says ah this isn't a, a make you see very often it's the funny little nicks on the side that give it away Sorry. Oh my god. That was a very self-serving reference. Uh, anyways, no, he he, t- he picks it up, he's uh moves around his hand, he's like, That's a nasty piece of business there. But uh I might have a buyer. Comes in every now and then. Knows a thing or two about poisons. Does he sell? Ah, uh, oh yeah, he sells. Uh I think they mostly ship things around. Don't know how much local pro- product they move, but I'm sure for the right price, they'd be willing to give you some of their stock. When do you expect to see him? How often does he come in? I'd say once a week or so, but, you know, it's been a little while since he came in. If you're hanging around for a little while, he might come by. Okay, so I'll just return to my table. Okay. He says, you gonna buy anything, sir? Oh, yeah, I'll order a water. He's like... That'll be five silver pieces. Kind of gives you a, a nasty smirk. Hmm. I hand him one. He says, I said walk right to the table. five silver pieces. I heard you. Okay. He lets out a whistle and six guards, or not guards, six rough looking thugs stand up from tables around the room and start approaching you. So you're going to make a big deal over overcharging the man? Five silver? I know your patrons around here don't like to be robbed. Ah, it's not about the silver, you see. I gave you a nice little piece of information, and that comes with a cost. It's not about the water. Oh, you want to pay for information? I'll give you a whole gold coin. Why didn't you just say so? Thank you, sir. I was trying to be a bit subtle, but I'll be taking two gold coins on account of the trouble if you understand seems like a fair price let me know when the fellow you're talking about comes in it's a pleasure doing business with you sir all right so let's jump back over to uh mr grug at the guild hall Bushi takes you over to a familiar face, Mr. Jalau Miku, the oh. tiefling from Asajiski. And uh, he's outside. He's, like, cataloging some insects outside. He's got them, like, pinned down to a, a little board, and he's, like, sketching them into his notepad when you walk up. He says, oh, 
Good to see you, Bushi. And, uh, Talik, right? Yes, and you are Jalau, if I remember correctly. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's good to see you again. You guys look like you've got something on your mind. Can I help you? Yeah, I felt better before. I uh, was just talking to Bushi. This sword that I picked up a few weeks ago is um, its rather strange, and I, I hold it out to him. So you ever seen one like this? He says, hmm, let me take a look. And uh, he looks it over without really touching it. He touches it and kind of pulls back the same way, and then he slowly goes to take it from you. But you, you feel a... a tug that you don't want him to take it okay i kind of like hold on I, I i don't like pull it away but i've just tightened my grip on it yeah he, he doesn't fight you for he says um let's uh, let's go to my room i need to consult my books and y'all head upstairs uh to his room he starts pulling things down he says what did you say you found that again i uh, found it in a, a chest in an abandoned fort full of goblins. I, I don't think it had anything to do with the goblins. A, a specter of some sort, a will-o'-wisp, came out of the chest. And um, yeah, I've carried it ever since. I, I don't know much about it. It seems to also be able to cast a light off and on, either dim or bright, however I uh, command. He, he points to a table next. He says, uh, would you mind taking it out of its sheath and, and laying it there? Yeah, I do that. So you take it out, and and he looks over. He gets out like a little uh, monocle loop and looks through it and everything. And uh, after reviewing for a while, he says, "This symbol here, I I saw. I've seen that somewhere before." He's like, "Maybe." Let's see. And he he starts rifling through some books. He's like, "This might take a moment. I hope you don't mind." No, that's fine. All right. So he he starts going through some different books. Let's jump back to Mr. Shadow at the Drunken Boar. So, several hours go by. You see a few folks come in and out, and uh, one table in particular, you see a dwarf walk in. Uh, dressed just really fancy, like got has like a bowler hat on, or not a bowler hat, but like a top hat on, and like super nice clothes. Uh, seems really out of place in this uh, particular establishment. Sits down to have a drink and whatnot. After the bartender gets him his drinks and stuff, he walks over. He says, "Yeah, so that a uh, fancy gentleman over there." He's, uh, he's not the guy I was thinking of, but I've definitely seen him with that guy on occasion, so not sure what that'll do for you, but figured I'd let you know. And he kind of holds his hand out next to you a little bit. He's a dwarf? Yeah, he's a dwarf. Okay. In, like, in like black tie affair at this dingy pub. He, he holds his palm out next to you kind of discreetly. I dropped two gold coins back <laughs> into his hand. He smiles. He says, "See, I knew we could come to an arrangement." And he kind of skips back towards his uh, towards his bar. Uh, what are you doing during all this time, Mister Body Knock? Are you uh, eating sausages or? Yeah, 
Eating sausages, taking naps. <laughs> taking naps. Did you want to check up on your old buddy or anything? Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck that guy. Dude, yeah, he didn't even come with us. We we needed firebombs after, and it's because he stayed at the fucking place. We couldn't get him, so. Oh, man. He can just stay there forever, then. No, yeah, I'll go check on him. <laughs> um, See if he yeah. made it home. <laughs> <laughs> he is back. Yeah, so you walk in, and he's like, Hey, buddy, buddy, how are ya? Right, I'm going to immediately walk up to him and slap him across his face. <laughs> he says, you know what? That one? That, was that for the was that for the ink? That, yeah, you know, for a lot that. of things, buddy. <laughs> he ink. says, you know what? I probably deserve that, too. Uh, anyways, how, how you been? You guys missed out, man. Oh, after you guys left, it got crazy. There was all sorts of people running around, guards going haywire. There was a alarm sounded i got into a fist fight with this dwarf knocked his teeth out look he knocked my teeth out too he points to his mouth and shows where he's got two golden teeth <laughs> he says man you guys really missed it it was a real rumble yeah what what, what was the aftermath of it all bud oh man you know th things settled down after a little while uh we ended up i ended up staying there for like four days just having the absolute time of my life. I met so many new contacts. I made a lot of purchases for things that I should never have bought, but I also sold a little bit. I sold my entire stock of firebombs that I smuggled in. Stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> He's like, oh, no, no, no. I got, I got more. I've been working hard since I got back. Well, what contacts did you make? Oh, man, there's this one guy from Voldemesto. He's a Luxodon. You ever met a Luxodon? A big That's elephant, right folks. I got trunks the size of me. <laughs> anyway, he says he operates in uh, in illicit goods, but really, he's just a big softy. Kind of illicit goods. Oh man, all sorts of stuff. He says he says he's got a little bit of a little bit of the uh, the spice, if you know what I mean. But uh, he's also <laughs> handles weapons he'll uh, he'll ship you anything you want he can say he gets magic items from time to time huh. any other uh interesting contacts how about this how about you just hand me a copy of, of the people you met oh man Con contacts can't just be written down on a piece Leech, of paper i will slap you again <laughs> he says well, 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 all right, all right, i'll write down a couple names for you i'll write down a couple names as long as uh, you're buying something, that is. I'm taking a firebomb too, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so you go ahead and... Uh, <laughs> dude, I, I believe they're 50 gold if you want to go ahead and add one. And, and he writes down a couple names. A uh, couple of potential people for you. Alright, Leech, stay out of trouble, you dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so I'd say the same to you, but I know you're not going to listen. Oh, man. I love Leech. He's like my favorite. I bid him adieu. <laughs> I'll see you around, you piece of shit. <laughs> Later, fuckface. <laughs> that's their, that's their yeah. greeting, and their, they slap yeah. each other and then call each other fuckface. It's very abusive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right, so back to Talix. So after, I mean, it, you're just sitting there on pins and needles bored as hell for like two hours and finally he's like here it is here it is i've got the uh the decanter of endless wine <laughs> <Horn> <laughs> bushy's like 
Bushy just like nudges you and scoots a cup towards you. Yeah, I pour some in his. <laughs> he was like falling asleep. I look at Jalal. I'm like, you want any? I go like, huh? He's like, oh, no, 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 thank you. And so finally, after several hours of flipping through books, he's like, ah, here it is, here it is, right here. See this symbol, and he comes and shows it to you. This symbol right here that's on the hilt of the sword. I knew I recognized it. This particular symbol comes from the royal family of Romsverdi. Now, not, not the modern Romsverdi that we know today, but the one that used to reside in the Rotwood far up north. Ah, see, this family is the one that supposedly brought the undead plague upon the Rotwood, and uh, hence all modern royals from Romsverdi tend to uh, try to shy away from any symbolism from their old lineage, and that's why it's so hard to find. Uh, uh, that said, uh, this is quite fascinating. Talik is about the same as Taylor when it comes to note keeping. So he just like pulls out a note, like some kind of notebook, and he's like scribbling. He's like Rom's Verde plague symbol. Yeah. He's just like <laughs> which is literally what I'm doing. Yeah, he's just yeah. like scribbling words, yeah. and he's okay, like, oh, okay. Uh, okay. And and so what is it? Well, I, I can't say for certain. Only that this sword was associated with them. But like I said, I mean, it's been several generations i mean we're talking hundreds of years since romsverdi fell the old romsverdi that is and uh so this this particular sword must be that old hmm. okay thank you jalal i um i seem to have some kind of pull towards it and and it to me uh, i'm not quite sure the extent but uh, as time passes here I I don't know. It, it's affecting my mood and all sorts of things. So I, I'm not sure what's going on. He'll say, I, I will caution you uh, to be careful with that. If it really was associated with the royal family, King Dulinar, the last king of Romsverdi before it fell, was supposedly responsible for bringing the undead plague to that place. Hmm. I just kind of look closer at the sword as he talks, like inquisitively. So we'll we'll fade out of that back to uh, Mr. Shadow with uh, your new mark. So he sits there for a little while, orders several drinks, actually orders all. He walked in with a few other guys, uh, a couple other dwarves, and he orders all of them drinks and uh, is just generally being the life of the party having a good old time he's he's not like ruckus he he chuckles gingerly like a gentleman anytime uh something comes up uh at one point you see a a guy come in kind of a shady looking guy and he pulls out make me a perception check to see what he hands the guy see if you see it pretty decently four okay so you see him hand the guy over some sort of gem. It actually looks like a clear gem, maybe a diamond, pretty pretty large one. The dwarf takes it, holds it up to uh, a loop, and looks at it, writes something down on a piece of paper, and hands the gem and the piece of paper to the guy. And the guy just turns around and leaves. Hmm. Okay. So I'm going to wave the bartender over. Yeah, so he comes on over. And I'm going to hand him five silver pieces. 
He says, looks like you're learning how things work around here. I'm going to say, bring me a beer and make sure our friend catches my eye. And then I'm going to pull out my sunstone and just kind of roll it around in my hand while I'm drinking my beer. Okay. Um, Yeah, so he brings you a beer and on his way back, he uh, stops and he kind of points back, not at you, but kind of like past you at a table behind you and you see some ladies sitting at the table that he points to and then uh, he hands the dwarven guy a cup of wine and the the guy kind of smirks and he's looking at the ladies and then he looks over and he sees what you're twirling and he nudges the bartender and you see him pass something to the bartender. Bartender comes back and says, "Uh, the gentleman said he's interested in that little rock you got there. He'd love to appraise it for you. If you're interested, I'll just go ahead and get up and walk over there. But while I'm walking over there, I slip the sunstone back into my pocket and I pull out the shadow stone. Okay. So you're walking over there. I'm actually going to throw in a a picture of what this guy looks like as you walk up to him. And he says, Good day, sir. Let's see. you, uh, You caught my eye. The glint in yours. You look like a man of fine taste. Uh, Wardrobe aside, of course. Did y'all look at the art? Yes. <laughs> Not very dwarfish. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, he's dwarfish, all right. Oh, boy. I caught a glint in your, in your eye, as well as in your palm. I just had to know what it was that you were admiring over there. Oh, in my eye. Do you mean the circlet of blasting on my forehead? Oh, <laughs> no, although that is a pretty piece you have there. Oh, you know, just bibbles and bobbles I pick up in the mountains. I become rather fond of them. I myself am quite fond of them, and he kind of strokes the giant ruby on his chest that's encrusted with diamonds all the way around it. He says, uh, I'm always looking for a rare find, and, uh, well, tell me, what was it that you had over there in the corner that caught the sun so well? Okay, is all this stuff under my shadow dome accurate? Uh, should be. The Shadow Stone is like the Thunderstones and Lightning Stones and stuff that you found. It's it's like a powerful elemental thing. The Sunstone does not look like those things. The Sunstone has a... It's like carved. It's like a intricately carved piece of orange glowing stone. Okay. Well, I'm just going to tell him. This is a personal gift from a dear friend that I have encountered from time to time in the Eclarian Mountains. He says, oh, but do, do you mind? I would I would absolutely love to appraise it for you. As long as it stays in my hand, you can look at it all you want. Oh, I understand. Everyone's shy. Could you bring it a little closer? And he kind of puts his hands like on the table like he's not going to do anything. Flips, his, flips a monocle down, and he's looking over. He says, oh, the stone itself, peculiar glow to it. And he kind of waves his hand over. He says, picking up any magical essence, and yet it glows. How fascinating. Oh, and the carving on it. Exquisite. <laughs> oh, thank, thank you, sir. That is quite the piece you have there. I'm afraid I cannot give it a, a simple price, but I would not sell it for any less than 5,000 gold if I were you. That is something to keep and cherish. Your friend must be very kind indeed. She's, uh, something. I slip both the stones back in my pocket and 
when my hand comes out of my pocket, it's got one of the poison dipped wyvern darts in it again. And I lay it down and I just say, what do you make of this? I found this also. Let me see, that's uh, not my area of expertise as it were, but uh, I'll certainly take a look, seeing as you were so kind as to let me look over your stone. Make me a insight check. Oh my god, not one. Three. Okay, he uh, takes it, turns it back and forth, he says, hmm, looks like a blow dart, is there a poison on the tip here? That's very dangerous, sir, I'm not sure. What is it, uh, well, you found this, but I recommend being careful with this sort of thing. You could hurt yourself. I set a piece of platinum down on the table, and I don't mention it or anything. I just set it down in his general direction, and I say, I found the first one in my leg, and then I found a few more off the person that put the first one in my leg. (laughs) Is that so, sir? Well, then you're a lucky man to be alive, I'd say. Uh, he just totally ignores the platinum piece sitting there. I'd also be very curious to find out how that person got a hold of this and where they got it from. Surely in someone as powerful as you and obviously as well off as you knows of many different circles. Oh, I mean, of course, my connections run far and wide, but uh, like I said, they're mostly in gyms. Uh, I would like to say that I had my fingers in all the pies, as it were, but I'm afraid that assassination tools are... Not something that I delve in. Huh, what makes you think it's an assassination tool and not for monster hunting? Tiny blow dart with poison attached to the tip? If it was simply killing monsters, I would think you could use something a bit more direct, not so discreet. Am I right? I would never come to such a conclusion. <laughs> but then again, I'm not a well-off appraiser such as yourself. I'm just a simple, simple mountain half-elf. Well, Mr. Half-Elf, you might uh, consider selling that uh, coin and buying yourself some fine clothes. Yeah, maybe I will. Anyway, I pull my hood up and I I walk back out to my horse across the street. Mm. And when I get over there, I want to get in kind of in the shadow. Very, 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 very discreet. Um... You want me to roll a stealth check? Sure, yeah. 22. Uh, yeah, so you just blend into the shadows. Oh, and I'll just wait for old Penguin to come out. <laughs> so, so Mr. <laughs> Penguin, as you've dubbed him, he doesn't stay much longer. Um, he's probably there another 30 minutes or so, and uh, you see him walking out. He actually comes walking out, sure enough, with uh, one of those ladies that was at the table behind you on his arm. They head out around the corner and down the street okay and i just calmly meander behind them okay keeping your distance back behind them yep uh yeah so they they wander for a little ways not too far just uh you know a few blocks down and they turn into a inn and go inside so i get the name of the inn it's the hayward inn okay and then i go back to the bar okay and I ask the bartender as I drop another gold piece down. I say, so, did your man leave you the platinum or did you take it with him? Rummages is around in pocket. He says, ah, barkeeper never tells. <laughs> Good man. How often does uh, the gentleman stay at the Hayward Inn? Oh, uh, you know, 
couldn't say where he's been staying. I, I don't keep too much track of that sort of stuff. Uh, I try not to have too much information about the goings-ons. Mostly just watch what happens in my bar. What about his name? Oh man, now we're asking for real tough stuff to remember. I'm just, I'm having a hard time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Five more gold pieces magically appear in his hand. <laughs> Says, oh, you know what? It was Dudlin. Uh, D-U-D-L-E-N-N. Yeah, uh, Herbert. Herbert Dudlin. That's his name. I don't know why that slipped my mind, you know? <laughs> Those dwarf names, they're all the same. This guy's a big chubby human. In Dwarven, I say, this guy's got all the answers, doesn't he? And I just fade out of the doorway at the bar and get on my horse and head out into the woods. Okay. Were you headed back to Billy Talk? Yep. Alright, so a few days goes by. Let's go ahead and do some calendar tracking real quick. So it's three days out there. I left on the 12th of Harvest yep. at 7 a.m. Yeah, and then we'll say, you know, all that fiddling around right. was a day. So one, two, three. Yeah, I came into town the, the night of the 15th. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're going to say all your overport stuff was the 15th, and then you travel back the 16th, 17th, 18th. Yeah. So back in Billy Talk on the 18th. Okay. Uh, about the time that you're coming in, you walk in and you see Talek sitting there and he's like grabbing the sword and like leaning over it. It's got the hilt down on the ground. We're, we're going to say Body Knock's already there as you walk in, sitting across from him. He's leaning on the sword and he just looks awful. I mean, he's always looks a little green, right? But he looks physically green. He just looks terrible. Like he's just about to vomit and he's just clenching the sword. His knuckles are white as you walk in. So I can't remember up to this point what Shadow would have observed and heard with Talik and the sword versus what Seth mm -hmm. has heard. Mm -hmm. I don't think you would know really anything about it. What have you told Body Knock at this point? Because he's been around. Yeah, he's. I think he's seen me slow. I've been in the in the in the tavern drinking. He's been there, and he's seen me like look just kind of worse and worse every day. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's how it's been. Poster is drinking himself to death. Uh, yeah, the beer is the only thing that's uh, keeping me going right now. Shadow, something's not right with me. How long have you been holding on to that endless? alcohol glass oh the oh oh i mean i don't know since you left since we got back <laughs> it's like knocked over and it's just pouring wine on the ground when he said the words holding on i jerked my sword like clutched to my chest like looking at him like he like golem like when he said how long have you been holding on i thought he was gonna say the sword and so i pull that to my chest real tight and hug it bye knock have you seen something on the guild board we're leaving tonight we gotta get him out of the field the only thing i know that he likes more than drinking is killing and i just assume we need to get him out there <laughs> to kill something right now he's oh, yeah. depressed or some shit and when you say that i just look at the sword and i'm like yes yes soon soon yes uh-huh yeah 
to the sword. Let the sword pick something. <laughs> it's yeah, what you, you really need to help yeah, here. You, you hear that? You hear that? Yeah, soon. I promise, soon. It looked like somebody needed some killing of something that may already be killed. I'm not really sure, but let's go. Bush, uh, where's Bushi? Is uh, you talking about this undead bard? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. I got to get the hell out of here. This place is sucking the life out of me. <laughs> Body knock. You ready? Are you going to leave any sausages for me? Shit. <laughs> no, they're gone. <laughs> no, they're gone. <laughs> no, they're gone. Like, sh- like shameful. <laughs> oh, how many? How many did you eat? Oh man. To be continued on the next episode of Dungeons and Dragons and Dummies. Find out what happens to our party next week.